Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode on the Nourishing Wisdom Podcast. My goodness, it's been a while since I last updated my podcast, so it feels really nice to be recording this introduction to this episode, but also I feel a little bit out of touch. Anyways, how are you all doing, my dear listeners? I do hope you're taking good care of your mind, your heart, and your body. Because I don't know about you, but I'm definitely feeling feeling a little bit worn out, right? With, you know, particularly emotionally around what's going on, the war that's going on in Ukraine and Russia, and feeling, yeah little disorientated with reality right now because it's so strange to be here in London living in peace everything seems normal on the one hand while a war is raging on in Ukraine and Russia so yeah definitely just wanting to acknowledge this before diving into what this episode is about speaking about the war that's happening outside sometimes within ourselves we can also experience a fight or a war going on with ourselves in our mind and in our body right in particular around um a relationship with movement and exercise and eating and our bodies and our lives so joining me today on this subject right is dr vanessa bogle and dr vanessa bogle she is a chartered health and coaching psychologist and a cognitive and behavioral psychotherapist she works in private practice and specializes in eating disorder recovery she also works with adults living with trauma depression and anxiety including body dysmorphia disorder and other body image difficulties. She is the founder of Innovative Health, where she designs and develops training programs for healthcare professionals in approaches to enhance their skills in helping people to make positive changes in their lives. So Vanessa and I will be diving into the topic of how we can begin to cultivate a more loving and accepting relationship with our bodies, right? With movement and exercise, how we can protect ourselves from the unhelpful and often toxic messages from diet culture and unsolicited comments from, you know, friends and family who might not intend to shame us, right? In the way that we look in our bodies and so much more. I think this topic is so relevant, right? Regardless of what time of year we are in, right? Because it's very real, right? For some of us, this war that can go on in our mind and our body. And when we feel pressured to look a certain way, to lose weight, to diet, or to live up to this unrelenting or impossible standard 
So I hope you enjoy this episode where Vanessa and I share a real conversation on this subject. And as always, I hope that this episode will nourish you and bring you the healing that you need. Enjoy! Vanessa, a warm welcome to you. Thank you so much for making the time to come on to my podcast. I can't wait to share a discussion with you on the subject of body image and exercise and particularly right how we can begin to cultivate um, a better relationship with our bodies and physical activity and movement within the context of our lives and also within the context of eating disorder and disordered eating recovery or for someone who is struggling with chronic dieting over exercising or just poor body image and thank you so much for your invite, Natalie. I'm really excited to be here talking to you today on your podcast. I'm really looking forward to it. Yay, yes. So, Vanessa, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what it, what it is that you do? So I'm a psychologist and CBT uh, psychotherapist, and I specialise in helping people to develop a more healthy relationship with food and their bodies, and I and I and do a lot of work around eating disorders and, and body image, and really love what I do. I suppose that that's me in a kind of nutshell in terms of me professionally. Yeah, yeah. And before you were a psychologist, can you tell us a little bit more about some of that fun stuff that you were doing prior to this psychologist life? Yeah, so... My, I suppose my interest in, in psychology was born from my work in the health and fitness industry. So I actually started my career, my early career, working in the health and fitness industry. So I started off um, working as a, as a fitness instructor, I then trained as a sports massage therapist, um, personal training. And I think um, that's where my interest in the area of, of eating disorders was born from, just seeing that many people who, um, you know, came through the door re- have some really, I suppose, really dissatisfied with their bodies, wanting to manipulate and change their bodies, you know, doing that through, I suppose, restricting their eating, going on multiple multiple diets, and really just not being satisfied with the bodies that they that they were in. Mm. And um, I suppose after working, you know, I really loved working in the health and fitness industry. I, I love teaching. Um, I love the fact that you know people left my classes feeling feeling really happy when not when I was doing my personal training. I help people to um, I suppose have a have a more healthy relationship with um being physically active and I suppose I just wanted to to learn more so I then decided to do some more study so I then embarked on a on a degree in fitness and health and I remember one of the one of the modules was health psychology and I chose to do one of my assignments on exercise dependence Mm. and I think that's where my interest really I suppose really started in the fact that 
people, you know, we all know that physical, you know, having a physically active lifestyle has multiple benefits. So in terms of our mental health, on our physical health, but actually if we overexercise, you know, if we're too active, it can be detrimental. Mm. And I think that's where my, you know, because I was so, um, because I was working in the area of health and interest, of health and fitness, my my interest um, was triggered by actually some people have a really unhealthy mm. relationship with exercise yeah. and I think that's where my interest in in psychology um, really stemmed from mm. and then I I think after being in the health and fitness industry for many years um, you know beco- becoming fitness manager general manager and just thinking actually where, where do I go from here I knew that I didn't want to stay in that area forever mm. so I then decided to retrain so I retrained as a as a psychologist so then I did some additional training specifically around um eating disorders and I suppose that's how I've arrived at where I am now but I and I suppose it's quite interesting in that my starting point was to encourage people to, to become more physically active mm. and now when I think about the work that I'm doing now it's the other side it's actually usually helping people to reduce the amount of exercise that they do Mm. so that they can have a more healthy relationship with movement yeah as opposed to to you know exercising um to attain a certain Mm. body size or shape etc so it's just quite interesting in terms of my my journey yeah yeah where I am now yeah absolutely yeah it's about that balance right of uh, and I I think finding that balance between being physically active versus over exercising to attain a certain body shape or size it's um it's a tricky one don't you think because um, I don't know what your observations are, but most of the time when people exercise, it's not really from, you know, I'm thinking about all the messages that I've grown up around and friends and family talking about bodies and exercising. It can be very driven by guilt and shame and punishment and discipline. Like I ate a certain amount of food, so I need to go burn it off or our clients, our patients talking about exercise in a reward-punishing kind of way. So, yeah. Absolutely. And it's so difficult to kind of navigate your way through these messages because, you know, we are bombarded with those messages, particularly at this time of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you know, you can't escape it. It's, it's everywhere. And it's all, you know, and it's almost as if it's being used as a kind of marketing tool yeah. But what it what it does it, it results in, in in body shaming and it can be so so harmful mm. because you know I, I always ask myself you know if we if if physical activity exercise if it didn't have any influence on you know weight shape size would people still be active? Mm-hmm. And it's thinking about you know what motivates people to be active is it is it about how it makes people feel? Or is it more about actually if I if I if I'm active on a regular basis, um, will it help me to achieve these beauty standards or these body ideals that are portrayed everywhere? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think I'm you know I'm 
very much, you know, a lot of my work is around helping people to develop a more healthy relationship with with their body Mm. because many people use exercise um, as a way to try to control and to manipulate their body. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, And a lot of that is because of the external messages that they're receiving that actually you know the body has to look a certain way so it's not about looking at exercise or physical activity movement as as you know how it makes me feel it's more about a tool to to change the body or or to punish the body yeah if we think about the language that's used in the in the fitness space and you know how you know even the names of classes. Oh my it's, god! <laughs> exactly, it's very much. You know, it's it's a lot of it is body shaming. You know the, the language that's used by, and I won't say all because there are some great PTs out there. There are some great instructors, but quite often the language that's used is around. You know, if you you know you've done this spin class, you can now go and eat a donut or you can have that latte and a, and a biscuit yeah. it's very tied to you know punishment and earning the right to eat and actually we don't have to earn the right to eat mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and you know we move for lots of different reasons you know that have nothing to do with change and appearance so mm-hmm. how it makes you feel to make you feel you know feeling stronger mm-hmm. having a positive impact on posture mm-hmm. on um just well-being mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the focus is very much on i know i know appearance appearance your insecurities what you can burn sure. how you can look and you know as a former fitness instructor and personal trainer just out of curiosity what was it like then when you were training people did you subscribe to that mindset of motivating people to work out for solely for weight loss or to push themselves harder so they can burn more calories or the likes of yes uh, yeah uh, absolutely um you know even when you're kind of you know when you're trained it's very much you know working to your vo2 max or you know it wasn't um about how you feel because there might be some days where actually you want to work harder and sometimes you know it's enough just me being here and just moving my body mm-hmm. so absolutely i think um back then when i was a pt when i was teaching classes and i must say that i i would definitely focus on on the enjoyment factor so, you know, I love music. So yes. music is a is a great motivator. But yeah, I would have absolutely um, fallen into the trap of, um, you know, really motivating people to work harder. Mm-hmm. And, you know, without kind of thinking about, you know, what's going on for that person or what are those, you know, making the assumption that that, that person has come to the class to to um, increase their fitness and and it might be that actually they come to the class for the connection yeah 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 so you know people engage in physical activity in movements for lots of different reasons and sometimes it's really um easy to make assumptions that actually they're there to to lose weight or to decrease their body fat or you know anything else it might be and and there are lots of different 
motivations why people might be coming to to mm. exercise yeah but we might just and we, but we might just be making making assumptions so I think one of the things I might not have told you actually is that I also used to establish um physical activity referral schemes and health walks for people who might have you know might be living with um diabetes or who are recovering from um heart attacks etc what I found really interesting and I think that's where my I suppose where my um thoughts around physical activity shifted you know more from from exercising for those fitness goals is that um you know when somebody has had a heart attack rehabilitation is really important and physical activity is a really important part of that but it's way more than than improving their fitness and that's really important because you know if somebody is physically physically active after they've had a heart attack it can prevent them from dying from a second heart attack mm. but also if we think about um giving them the confidence yes. to go on to do other things connection with people is yeah. is really important as well I also set up like health walks and the initial motivation might have been fitness, but actually people turned up week after week for that connection. Yeah, yeah. Being physically active has so many benefits. Yeah, and and I love everything that you just said, right? It's, you know, I don't know, I have so many thoughts. I don't know how to organize my what, what, what's coming out of my mouth, but basically the thing that I wanted to say is, the motivation behind movement is, yeah, it's key, right? Oftentimes, it is. you know, what what motivates you to move your body? Ah, so what motivates me? It's um, number one. It's, it gives me time for myself, mm. and I, you know, I I love to move my body, and it's about how it makes me feel. Mm-hmm. It also helps me to have a. Good night's sleep, and I love my sleep, and I and I do not function very well without having good sleep. Um, mm-hmm. It's really important for me in terms of connection. So I like going to the gym. I like the gym environment, and I know for many people it's a really threatening environment, and rightly so. You know, a lot of people are, are terrified to um, to go to a gym for, for lots of different reasons. So I've been going to the same gym probably, well, way over a decade. So for oh, me, wow. um, yeah, way over. So I know everybody and I've got lots of friends there. Yeah. So for me, it's more than just um, a place to, to move my body. I see, I you know, I know so many people. My, my friends are there. I've made so many good connections. So for me, it's kind of like a home from home. Yeah. So I get a lot of my um, connection there, and particularly during these times that we're living in. So I'm, I'm working from home currently, and for me, it's a it's it's another it's a different environment, and that's really important. Mm. Uh, and I suppose also just um, walking. So. I didn't walk before COVID, and now I walk a lot. Um, I mean, sometimes I have to really motivate myself to leave the house, but it's just about, you know, just being outside, just, just you know, hearing different noises as a distraction. Um, you know, my, my walks aren't always scenic. Sometimes they are, but sometimes it's just being in the outside and just getting some some fresh air. I know. Um and, and just kind of moving my body because quite often if I if I don't go out for the day I get very very stiff. 
So for me, it's it's you know my my uh, mental well being, but also how I feel physically, how I feel in my body. Mm, and that's so. So for me, it's a big part of my self care. Yeah, it's not the only thing, and it's important that I you know I have a variety of things, but it it, it is a it is a really important part of my um, yeah me staying well yeah me looking after myself yeah and I resonate with so much of that right it's moving to really make a difference to how you feel from the inside out it gives you better sleep you feel more connected to the world and your community but I want to make sure that we're not demonizing right the fact that you know it's okay if you want to move to loosen weight or it's okay if you want to move to to have a certain body but it's about finding that that balance and um, being careful not to fall into really unhelpful patterns of eating and dieting and over-exercising when that becomes your only way, right? And it becomes obsessive. Can you say a bit yes. more about that? Do you agree, disagree, completely open here? No, no, I, I agree with you. And I think, yeah, I, I agree with you, absolutely. And it's about that balance. And sometimes it's really hard to to get that balance. And I suppose some of the indicators that actually maybe I am over-exercising is, you know, if you are exercising, for example, when you are feeling unwell and you're exercising or you are declining invitations to socialise, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, I cannot miss that workout they're, you know, they're useful indicators that mm, perhaps I need to keep an eye on this. Yeah. You know, if I am, um, you know, engaging in only a, a certain type of exercise, and actually I'm not enjoying that, ex- enjoying that exercise, but I'm feeling that I'm pressuring, I'm pressurizing myself to do it, and actually I don't enjoy it at all. You know, exercising, you know, being active when you are when you're injured. Oh my God, that's a big a one. Sign that yeah actually maybe there's a this is something that I need to look at or maybe get some support with because yes. it's really important that that movement is fun mm. because if we are because the thing is if you're enjoying what you're doing you're more likely to maintain it in the long term mm. for sure for sure and you know I think in the fitness industry, you know, I can remember a time when I was going to the gym a lot to these classes, right? I was motivated by fear and guilt and shame and diet culture. Um, The intention for exercising was not just to, was not, was, yeah, I I wanted to feel the high, you know, the post-workout glow, but Mm -hmm. also it was about, ooh, like I need to maintain a certain body type a certain figure i need to control my body so even if i am so tired i'm gonna force myself to go because that message of oh like feel the burn or like wear yourself out because that's that's the right way to to move your body exactly and that kind of you know that that no pain no gain that's narrative it. yeah is, is so unhelpful and it, and that's often perpetuated by the instructors in the class I remember going to a class during during Covid and it, it was an outside class and the instructor was talking about um, you know manipulating or getting rid of the Covid body and you know and that type yeah. of language you know just body shaming people into those very behaviours that we know are unhelpful 
Because there might be somebody um, or people in, in those classes who are really vulnerable to those messages. And, you know, you don't know, know what impact that, that harmful narrative is going to have on them. That could lead somebody to um, restricting yeah. food. It, it could result in them over-exercising or actually just thinking, actually, I'm never going back there again. I hate exercise. And it's just unfortunate that they've had a negative experience with an instructor because there are so many more helpful instructors with, with different mindsets that aren't perpetuating mm. diet culture. It's just unfortunately they've ended yeah. up in a class with someone who who isn't right for yeah. them. But, but there's so much pressure. And I think quite often in the you know, in the health and fitness, health and wellness space, exercise is sold as a as a way to kind of punish the body or to mould the body in in a certain way. Mm. And it's and it's just really it can be really, really harmful. And as you say, you know, if somebody wants to lose weight, um, there's no shame in that either. But it's about the message is that actually, you know, you're only worthy if your body looks like this. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that, is, that isn't helpful because, you know, we yeah. are, you know, we're not ornaments. We are, we weigh more than that. And it's yeah. about thinking, you know, focusing the attention more about you know, what the body can, can do. do. Yeah. And actually physical activity is a great way to support that. So, yeah. you know, I do lots of um, gardening, which I love. It sounds really, really boring, but <laughs> it's hard work sometimes, you know, yeah. on the soil and, you know, yeah. it's hard work. And, yeah. and me being physically active, it helps me to do that because if I wasn't, I would really struggle. And sometimes I do, mm. even though I'm fairly active. Mm. But it's, you know, it's more about trying, helping people to shift that focus from moving the body to 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 manipulate appearance and really focusing more on how it makes you feel mm, yeah and the starting point part you know could be you know how do I feel before I move my body actually how did I feel afterwards yeah yeah so many great points there that you said but I wanted to you know talk a little bit more about that COVID body that you just you know you're talking about this instructor I don't know what exactly she said, but this concept of a COVID body. Oh, my God. I just feel so uncomfortable. Yeah, it's awful. I mean, you know, I think we had this conversation some time ago about how, you know, our bodies are just doing the best that it can to help us through this tough time of being isolated, listening to painful news every day surviving pandemic and why do we need to get rid of a covid body like what on earth what on earth is that you know yeah exactly what what is that and the fact that we have survived you know we are surviving Mm -hmm. this pandemic and 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 you know just thinking that somebody can actually say that during these times you know it's it's diet culture is is rife mm-hmm. it, it really is rife mm-hmm. and um and I, and I think you know it's we need to kind of be paying more attention to the language that we use and and really being more mindful of the impact that it that it has yeah on, on people yeah you know the narrative is is just so um you know so harmful and, you know, when we hear these messages, right, when we are in a class or whether 
secondhand through another person's story? You know, what are some things that we can do to, you know, either step up, have the courage to maybe let the managers at the gym or wherever it is that you're accessing your workouts know that he actually, in the kindest way possible, right, that the way that that instructor spoke about a certain movement or body part or part of their instruction is Mm -hmm. actually really um, harmful to me. And it could be to others who are struggling with um, their body image or their eating. And so, yeah, what are your experiences with that? And also in terms of different abilities. So, you know, pushing somebody too hard can be detrimental. I mean, I remember being in a class once and um, I think I had a bad back at the time. So I chose not to do a certain exercise and I pointed it out beforehand. And I was literally shamed in the class. I think the instructor said something to the effect of, oh, well, if she's just going to ignore me, then so be it. Oh, my God. Yeah, and I actually went to the reception and I and I actually mentioned it to the receptionist and I had a word to the instructor afterwards but sometimes um it's really difficult to do that yeah because if you've been shamed Mm -hmm. you probably just want to put your head down and make yourself as small as possible take up as as the, the smallest pace space possible or just think I'm never going back and then, therefore, the, the instructor will continue to do the same thing. Yeah. I I don't know if you if you follow Tally Rye. No, I don't. Very much about amazing intuitive movement. And she has a, a book out. I can't remember what it's called. But there is lots of, lots of really useful information in there about you know, to help people to have a more healthy relationship with movement. There's actually a section in that. I absolutely love it. It's a template of a letter that you can actually write to your gym. Ooh, that's good. About the unhelpful behaviour of instructors. You know, I really enjoyed your class. However, um, this isn't helpful. But it's yeah. a really useful template that, re- that can really help people to express their discomfort mm. with, with, I suppose, different types of behaviour, you know, that, that um, isn't right for that person. Oh, that's good. And, and, and this is only available in her book or is this available online? I think it's available in her book. What is it called again? Tra- train Happy. Train Happy. Train Happy by Tali, yes. Tali Rye. Tali Rye. Tali Rye. T-A-L-L-Y-R-Y-E. But okay. it's, a really, it's a great template. So, you know, if anyone has been body shamed or if anyone's going to a class where, you know, the instructor is using that narrative around, mm. you know, you have to burn it to earn the right to eat. Yeah. And, and you feel really uncomfortable, you know, or, or if you're uncomfortable about... Yeah you know, different areas of of the class. It's a really useful template to help you to express that. Because it might be that somebody doesn't feel um, comfortable actually expressing it directly to that person or to the front of house. But actually, if they write a letter or an email, it makes it easier. But it's sending that message that actually this isn't okay. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Because sometimes, you know, I think it's easy to get into the mindset of, oh, what's the point of even saying anything? I'm just not going to come back to this class. Or is this even going to change? Or feeling too small or powerless Mm. to even 
speak up against, you know, this really fit looking tone, confident instructor. And you're like, hey, excuse me, actually, I didn't like what you said to me, you know, can be a really hard, hard thing to do. So I've said in classes, you know, where the flippantly thrown out, um, you know, random comments, you know, you can eat that bun after the class. I know. I can eat, (laughs) and I'll say, I can eat a bun anytime I choose, just to really challenge it, you know. Um, you know, I can eat a bun after the class and before the class and later yeah. on. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, um, but it can be. But really appreciating that it can be difficult because the you know the class environment, the gym environment, can be quite intimidating for many people and for lots of different reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. It's just rife with unhelpful comments. I'm just thinking about two examples. I think I've I've told you about them, right? This one boxing class that I went to that I was really excited about to like just get get it going. And Mm -hmm. uh, when the person handed me my gloves, he was like, oh my God, you're going to love this class. You're going to burn so many calories. And I was like, oh, that's not what I'm here for, you know? That's not what I'm here for. And this idea of calories, right? Our clients, some of them can be so obsessed with burning a certain amount of calories. And I don't want to other my clients, you know? I'll be the first to say I used to be like that when I was a teen. And I, I know how oppressive and how... Mm. how it takes the joy out of your workout so much because it's no longer you're no longer connected with feeling you're just fixated on oh i need to reach a certain number to be good enough or worthy right um, absolutely mm, mm. so you know so i enjoy a wide variety you know i like walking i i actually love walking now i, I absolutely love it um <laughs> Yeah, anything. You know, give me a pair of roller skates. I'll jump on roller skates wow. or a bike. You know, and any movement, I'm, yeah. I'm up for it. And I remember being in a in a spin class, and someone saying, "Oh, how many calories did you burn?" It's like, oh my god, I have no, I have no idea. I'm not, I have, no, I actually have no idea. Yeah, I'm not paying attention. Yeah. I think it probably comes up, but I have no idea. Yeah. And it's but it's so ingrained. It's so ingrained. So, and, and it's, yeah. Go on. And it can really take away, you know, if, if people are focused on on that, um, you know, in terms of, you know, heart rate, um, all of those measures, mm-hmm. it can really take away, it can really take away the fun yeah. of it. So then it just becomes a chore. Yeah, yeah. Or... And, or something and a punishment. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Or something to measure your worth against. Right. It's like if I hit this number, then I'm doing my exercise. Right. It, it was a good workout. Versus you, you lose sight of all the other benefits exactly. that comes with it. You know, if I don't, you know, if I'm not able to pick up this weight. Yeah. Oh gosh, I didn't do so well today. Yeah. 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 Yeah, when I'm thinking about my relationship with movement and exercise, it definitely was a coping mechanism before and it was unhelpful and it took me a long time to find the right balance where I'm moving in a way that feels embodied, connected and motivated by my needs, right? So when it's like, oh, like I'm actually tired now, I'm not gonna hit that 
certain mark or complete this class, I'm actually going to slow it right down or stop, stop altogether, right? Um, listening to your internal um, guiding system that tells you how much exercise is good for you and how much exercise is too much. Yes. And, you know, and really becoming in tune with your body. So it might be you say, you know, I'm going to go out for a walk today or I'm going to go for a run. And actually you just cut it short or you set out and you think, actually, this doesn't feel right. Yeah. I'm going to walk instead. Or actually, I'm going to go back home. It just doesn't feel right. And it's about being more self-compassionate and being kind to your body and, and respecting your body and really listening to what your body is telling you and, and trusting your body yeah that, rather than pushing through that's right that is self-compassionate right listening and responding appropriately that is a way to respect your body not by forcing yourself to go beyond your limits and quite often those messages are portraying that very thing is that we should be aiming for the burn. We should be, mm-hmm. it should be hurting. <laughs> so it's no wonder that so many people have an unhealthy relationship with their body and with exercise because they're the messages that, we'll, that we're being given mm. and that we're receiving very yeah. often. Yeah. So this might be maybe a personal question. So please just answer as comfortably as you wish, as much as you wish. You know, how would you describe your relationship with your body through through the years, right? Through your life? Because, you know, this could be an overgeneralization, but I know mm. as women, right, from girlhood to adolescence, our adolescent years of being a young woman and an adult none of us are immune to diet culture and yeah the thin ideal so yeah I think my relationship with my body was pretty good in my teens um I suppose once I entered the health and fitness space there was more focus because obviously you know you're at the front of the class yeah yeah. and um you know you're kind of almost on on a stage yep and I think sometimes I was actually literally on stage um and people would make comments even if they thought that they were positive comments it can be kind of quite uncomfortable but it results in you focusing more on your body Mm -hmm. whereas before the focus wasn't on your body but because you're now because of almost in in the spotlight that focus um is on the body, you know, I suppose was on the body. So I suppose that was, that took some adjustment mm. in terms of the fact that, you know, your body was was on display and that people would comment, you know, they, they might comment on, oh, um, you know, you've lost weight or this or that. It was, it was quite uncomfortable. How so? How so? Because usually when someone, you know, say, oh, you've lost weight, some people for the most part would say, oh, that's a compliment. But for some, it's like, hey, it's none of your business. Like, what, 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 what are you trying to say? So how did it impact you when someone made those types of comments? I think, I think it made me more aware of my, of my body. And I think probably more aware of the fact that people 
tend to judge you on your appearance. Mm. And that was an eye-opener, that actually people were quite fixated on, on, I suppose, evaluating you as a person based on what you look like. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose maybe making, you know, making um, assumptions based on appearance. And actually, you can't make assumptions. So, you know, the fact that somebody looks a certain way doesn't mean that they're necessarily healthy. That's right, yeah. Doesn't mean that they're not healthy or somebody in a, in a larger body, you know, it doesn't mean that they're not, you know, it doesn't mean that they're not healthy or that they are healthy. And I think, mm. you know, so much emphasis is placed on on appearance. I suppose for me, it, it made me feel quite uncomfortable just the fact that people were commenting and I think I remember I remember um my brother making a comment and I think I might have mentioned this to you before my brother came around to see me I literally opened up the front door and he said oh my god you've um put on weight and his face was a bit screwed up and I and it kind of hit me like a brick because I hadn't been focusing on my body and it was a real shock that he'd actually mentioned my appearance um and I can't I, to be honest I can't remember what I what my response was yeah. but I know how it made me feel inside. inside and that was I suppose really I suppose quite angry that had that he had the audacity to comments on my appearance and I suppose judge me based on my appearance yeah yeah because it was obviously a negative assessment mm-hmm. and I you know the way that it was said but also the um the facial expression absolutely yeah absolutely and that was yeah that was um I think that's the first time that I have had that experience yeah. That was the first time I had that experience. And and it's quite interesting because even though I might have had other experiences where one would, I suppose, classify the comments as being positive, I'd probably say it made me feel uncomfortable, but in a different way, if that made sense. How so? So it made me uncomfortable just the fact that somebody was judging me based on my appearance whether or not yeah. um yeah. it was seen as a compliment or it was derogatory yeah it yeah. still resulted in me being actually you have no right to comment yeah. you shouldn't be commenting on my body yeah you know there was no yeah. invitation mm. Mm. it's actually not helpful yeah it's unsolicited and absolutely and and i'm not sure if you're you're trying to say this or perhaps you felt this because when you know I was in Singapore over Christmas and over the new year and because people haven't seen me in a long time so I don't know I think it's just part of that culture where people just feel like it's okay to just make these comments these compliments or whatever they think they're doing mm. like ooh, like and, and almost as a and almost as a welcome I know I know saying hello it's oh gosh you you know, you look the same as before COVID. Oh my God. Yeah. Or like, ooh, like you, like some people would say, ooh, like, look at you. Like you've slimmed down or ooh, look at you. You've gotten skinnier or, or, you know, and the facial expression that comes with it. And even though, you know, it, 
may seem or appear to be a compliment or well-meaning, the sense that it gives me is, oh my God, is that what you care about? We haven't seen each other for so long. Are you... Are you so? So if I had put on weight, what would you say? How would you be judging me? Would you disapprove of me? Yes. Am I more worthy of your attention and love and acceptance yes. because I'm in a certain body? Am I more deserving of praise? That's just 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 feels like you said really uncomfortable. Absolutely. To to know that people are really judging and and scrutinizing your body. Yeah, and based on that. Such a narrow domain. Yeah. There's so much more about us. You know, that's the least important thing. Yeah, yeah. So. But, it, but so many people, you know, have, um, are, are dissatisfied with their body, have poor body image because the, I suppose, the system that they use to evaluate yourself, to evaluate themselves is largely based on weight, shape, size, and and no criticism there. It's it's no wonder because, you know, we live in a society that places so much emphasis on appearance that it's no wonder that so many people um, are dissatisfied Mm -hmm. with their Mm -hmm. bodies because it's such a thing. Yeah. And it made to be so important. Yeah. It really isn't. Yeah. And I think it's especially damaging and hurtful when it comes from your own family, right? When your brother, when, when the first time he showed you his disapproving or disgusted, his face was scrunched up like, ooh, like Vanessa. It's like, oh, like, you know, that that's when it kind of shapes our perception of ourselves from whether you are 7, 10, 20, 40. It's like, oh, so that's how... That's the image that you see that I'm having in your mind. Absolutely, you know, I, you know, as if you're flawed in some way. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you've done something wrong. Mm. You know, you're wrong. Yeah. So thinking about what people can do then, right? When someone makes a comment that is very hurtful or confusing, it's like, oh, like mm. this is they they hadn't they they didn't say anything nasty but why does it feel so uncomfortable in my body right or if people are shaming them explicitly or even subtly how can one begin to protect themselves or stand up for themselves um when these remarks are made yeah this can this is such a difficult area you know it isn't easy what i would say is you know it really takes practice yes takes a lot mm-hmm. of practice and um and courage yes because this is something that people do so often they probably don't realize that they're doing it it's just their way of being mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. these unsolicited comments so one thing could be to just change the subject completely so don't even respond just completely change the subject or point out you know i really would prefer it if you if you didn't comment on my body and that's a difficult one because even though that's you know it's being quite direct and it might be that somebody practices saying it out loud before they start actually using it in in the out there in the world but actually just saying you know I really would I find that really uncomfortable and I'd rather not talk about you know the writing or or my appearance yeah, yeah, it's and a hard one. just being quite, it's, it, it's difficult. 
Yeah. And it definitely takes practice. Yeah. I'm just thinking, why why would it be a difficult thing to say, right? And I'm just thinking about my own circumstance. If I were to say it to a relative, I guess it would bring up fear of offending the other person or not knowing how to continue the conversation. But I've done it before, and usually people sometimes are taken aback. But if they really care about you and love you and you're saying it in the kindest way possible... It's okay if they feel a little bit uncomfortable. That's not your ball game. Oh, oh 100%. And I suppose it's just acknowledging that for the person saying it, it, it could be a really difficult thing to do. And also, I suppose, culturally. Because mm. in some cultures, you know, you just, you know, can be just part of the, you know, it's just what you do. You comment on people's weight and, and it's kind of like, okay, supposedly. Yeah. And also just thinking about, you know, the different relationships, you know, if you're talking to, you know, if a young person is talking to an elder, they might think it's disrespectful to, yes. to say that to another person. Yes. So there's lots of different factors. So even though it's something, you know, we have a right to do, I suppose it's recognising that it can be difficult, mm. but actually you have a right to um, protect yourself and to have those boundaries yeah. but that it might take practice and it might um, feel uncomfortable initially but the more you do it mm. the more comfortable you'll become and as you say exactly you can't be responsible for how that person feels so if you are setting your boundaries That's and that right. person doesn't like what you said well actually in in having in protecting myself i'm getting my needs met and that's really important really important it's so important and, and that you know setting boundaries saying i'm not okay with that i think that's something mm. that i wonder why it's not being taught in school setting boundaries it should be like in the curriculum yes. no it really should you know assertiveness teaching assertiveness mm. skills because that's so important in getting needs and wants met because if we if we don't get our needs met it can lead to anger it can lead to resentment and that can cause a whole host of difficulties yep yep and it perpetuates right as we know disordered yeah. eating um it's, a, it's an escape okay I, I i can't get my needs met so let me just cope by controlling my food or over-exercising. Or, or control my body. Yeah, or like showing Absolutely. them my anger by showing them, you know, that they're wrong or or the likes of that. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and maybe just writing down, just thinking of a few things that you could say yeah. to set those boundaries. You know, writing them down, you know, and then selecting which ones you think might be most mm-hmm. helpful, and the ones that you feel more comfortable saying, yeah. and then practice saying them out loud. Yeah. So at least you've got some, you know, some sentences prepared so that if it comes, you know, you you can practice using yeah. that. You know, then you can become more comfortable as time goes mm-hmm. on. But it's it can be difficult. It is extremely difficult. It's extremely mm. difficult. And so practice but it's something that you can learn. For sure, for sure. So Absolutely. practice, 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 or even speak to your safe person, right? Whether that's a really good friend, a therapist, a coach, um, uh-huh. someone safe that you can just say you know, sometimes through, through talking, we gain more clarity about how we're actually feeling about something and yeah. our own needs, right? Uh-huh. And then journaling or like just writing yeah. things out creates that, oh, okay, so that's that's how I'm feeling. How can I 
protect myself? How can I stand up for myself? That, that's so important. Yeah. You know, we know what we believe when we hear what we say. So getting it out of our head so that we can actually understand how we feel. Because the things that we get these messages... You know, we're bombarded with these messages and it's quite hard to make sense of things when it stays in our head. Yes. So actually journaling, getting it out of your head can really help you to see. Yeah. And that's why therapy can be so helpful, (laughs) right? For sure. Yeah. I love what you just said. We know what we believe when we, what was it again? When we hear what we say. Oh my God. So talk, so, so writing it down or as you say talking to a trusted friend or to a therapist yeah. it can really help you to make sense of what's going on yeah. inside of your head yeah so saying it out loud and having somebody say it back to you it's like god i really didn't realize that i felt like that until i heard yeah. you say back yeah. to me what i've just said so it might be in, in different words mm. but it's really helpful Super. for people to to get it out, yeah. so writing it down, um, speaking to somebody that yeah. you trust. Yeah, I really love that. It's a great, you know, yeah, one-liner of why therapy and even just opening up to a trusted friend or family member can be so healing. It provides perspective because yeah. so much of the time our thoughts, it's so it's like so jumbled up and we just need to, yeah, have that mirror, Absolutely. that holding yeah, and, and without judgment, of course. Mm-hmm. So, you know, choose your trusted person. Choose carefully, guys. What choose you wisely. Don't want is, is to be filled. Because sometimes, you know, we're having a conversation with somebody and um, their way of helping is, is giving you lots of suggestions, lots of ideas. And that can be helpful when you've asked them. But yeah. actually, sometimes just listening is yeah. enough. That's a skill. That's a skill for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But just listening can be so helpful. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So Vanessa, you know, we spoke so much about, you know, movement, cultivating a more balanced relationship with exercise, the motivations that we bring to, you know, um, exercising and movement but I also wanted to talk about and and we have been talking about body image but just to you know define it for our audience well what is body image when we talk about body image what exactly are we referring to so what's your understanding of body image I suppose it's your it's your perception of because remember body image is a perception of of how you perceive your body mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. and it's a perception and sometimes that um perception could be for example it could be distorted yeah but it's really about how you perceive your body yeah yeah it's the mental representation that you have of yourself right exactly absolutely and that can be influenced by so many different things yeah, yeah. So many different things. So, you know, culture, the messages that we're bombarded with, you know, um, body ideals, um, you know, our, our lived experience, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, bullying, history of bullying. People's comments. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And emotions, our own emotions, right? Yes. 
right? So like, for example, if you're having a fantastic day, you're more likely to feel good about yourself mm. and your body. But if you're having a shit day, <laughs> right? You're having a, just, a, just a dark, gloomy, you're just feeling, ugh, and you feel heavy in your body, that could really affect the way that you see yourself, can't it? Uh, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, or it could be that, you know, you feel great when you wake up in the morning. You know, you put on a pair of um, jeans and you feel great. <laughs> yeah. You know, you have a nice, hearty lunch. Yeah. You're sitting down, you know, you've been sat down all day. And then, you, you know, what you're feeling is the waistband digging into your waist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then you... And then you start focusing inwards. Yes. And then you might start, um, and let's say, you know, you, you have a, receive an email and it's not, you know, and it's like, oh, one of those emails. Yeah. And then you've got this, you know, I can really feel my tension digging in. Yeah. And, and you start focusing inwards. That could then lead you to, you know, your sport, your, your thought spiraling. You know, I, I feel, I feel, quote unquote, fat. Yes. And actually, what you're actually feeling is the waistband of your jeans digging in. Yeah. You know, I feel fat, which is just a thought. I now am fat. Yeah. It's such a, it happens like this. It happens so quickly, right? But I love that, you know how you're distinguishing that actually it's the sensation of the waves been digging in and you're feeling uncomfortable because fat is not an emotion right that's right (laughs) but we we often hear it so much i feel fat i feel so fat but 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 hang Mm. on a second what 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 are you actually Actually feeling feeling. right it's the mislabeling of discomfort and bodily Uh sensations it's just so easy to put the blame on the F word. Yeah, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So again, it's about being, um, yeah, being able to really be aware of your emotion, being able to label your emotions so you're not mislabeling is, is really helpful. So I do a lot of work when, when I'm working um, in the area of body image around, um, you know, so quite often people do mislabel it, you know, press pause in those moments, you know, what is it that I'm actually feeling? I'm actually, I'm feeling sad, feeling angry, or actually what I'm feeling is the fact that I haven't digested my lunch yet. What I'm feeling is, you know, my waistband digging into my stomach. Yeah, yeah. And that's leading to me, and that's then affecting my emotions. And my perception of myself. Absolutely. Yeah. And like you said, I love the example that you just gave because it, it can be so something so benign as to have waking up feeling great. You're wearing a nice pair of jeans. You have a wonderful lunch, and you're sitting down, and you feel your stomach pressing against your your jeans. And then you get this really stressful email, and it's just we're just like holding so much unpleasant sensations. And then instead of feeling into the body and labeling, it's like fat, bad, shame, guilt. Yes. Um, again, a skill that I think, um, I mean, it would be great if schools taught children, adolescents, how to label emotions in their body (laughs) accurately, because, yeah, I think, or how to feel emotions and express them in a healthy way, right? Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. And and also learning how to sit with uncomfortable Oh my goodness. Emotions. Yeah. That's tough. That's tough. Yep. <laughs> yep. I'm learning every day. <laughs> mm. Exactly. It's 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 kind of ongoing, isn't it? That yeah. learning. Yeah. But it's uncomfortable. It is. It, it is. And as humans, we are programmed to hold on to pleasure and push away pain, right? But mm-hmm. who said being human is just about feeling happy all the time? Exactly. And this is about, you know, that acceptance. Yeah. Yeah. So body image. What does, you know, when we say I'm having a bad body image day, what does that usually mean? usually means that there's something else going on that they, you know, that an individual hasn't, um, isn't aware of. Mm -hmm. So again, it's about, you know, really checking in with how, you know, how are you actually feeling? Just thinking about the triggers, because quite often, um, you know, there might have been a trigger. Yeah. Something that happened before they started feeling like that all that they are that one of their needs aren't getting met yes yes so this is really about helping people to i suppose and and i suppose it goes back to the emotions Mm. so it might be that somebody um is feeling really lonely because they haven't had any connection Connection. but the fact that somebody because the thing is that many people aren't um able to recognize their emotions and label their emotions so they're, they're walking around with with lots of feelings but they're not actually they know they're feeling something but they're not really sure what it is yeah yeah and then it gets projected onto our poor bodies right yes um it's like zoom like i i feel bad I shouldn't be feeling this way. I don't like how I'm feeling this way. Therefore, I'm bad. I'm fat. Right? Yes. Something along the lines of that. Now, have you ever had a poor body image day or a day whereby, you know, maybe you're not necessarily feeling fat, but you're just feeling like, ugh, like I just... Oh, yeah. oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And what's your... Let how me- do you... Yeah, go on, go on. Sorry. Me or you? Yeah, no, no, please, you go. go (laughs) You're dying, dying to talk. (laughs) Um, What are some of your favorite ways of taking care of yourself, right, in those vulnerable human moments of not feeling good in yourself or the way that you look? Some self-soothing. Yeah. Um, and I suppose if I'm if I'm focusing inwards, it might be that I'm wearing something and that's making me focus in. Because quite often when I'm working from home, I make a point of wearing, I'm not gonna stand up now, but I make a point of wearing, you know, leggings, because, you know, because it's comfortable, because I'm spending so much time sitting down. Yeah. I'm not wearing jeans in the house because they will be digging into my stomach and I will yeah. be focusing in. You know, there are some days where I feel really bloated. Maybe those days where my clinic is literally from morning through to the evening where actually I don't get a chance to move much. So therefore, I'm pretty bloated. Yeah. And it feels quite uncomfortable. So 
it might be that I make myself just go outside and, and just move a bit or just, you know, take my mat out and just do some stretching to help to to relieve that. But actually um, label, you know, I'm feeling bloated. Mm. So mm. labelling how labelling how I'm, I'm feeling, you know, making adjustments to my clothing yeah. if I notice that I'm focusing in. And um, I suppose just being self-compassionate, you know, I notice that I'm having unhelpful thoughts about my body and just acknowledging that. Mm, mm, yeah. And because you say, you know, we're, we're all human. Yeah. And we do have those days where... We just think, oh, don't, 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 don't like it in here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's and that's okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because it becomes it, it becomes problematic if that's un, unrelenting. Yeah, and you're not really checking in, right, to understand sure. what it is that I'm feeling and what it, what is it that mm. I need, right? So for you. It's about, you know, wearing comfortable clothing, right? If you know that you're going to be sitting on your bum all day by the desk, wear something loose, comfortable, that's nourishing for your body, right? It's not just about what you eat, but also about what you wear. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Like even as I'm recording this podcast, I am, I am in my lounging pants, this really soft <laughs> same, yeah? <laughs> and this really look at this, look at this jumper. It's just so it's like I'm wearing a, a blanket on me. It's winter, it's cold. And identifying that, oh my god, actually I'm feeling a bit bloated and that's uncomfortable. Yes. Right. Yeah. And stretching, I think that's a great self-compassionate act. You know, after working by your desk all day. Even if it's just for a few minutes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One minute. Yeah. Like or, that. you know, quite often I, I will just get a pile of books because I have a, my laptop on a contraption <laughs> here. But okay. if I stand up, it's not high enough. So sometimes I'll, I'll run my clinic standing because it's just more comfortable than just sitting. Because I know that if yeah. I sit for long periods of time without moving... I'm going to be feeling really uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got and, and also just anything that, just being compassionate to so anything that you find soothing. So it might be, you know, going to bed early, you know, having a bath, having having a shower, yeah. you know, accepting that, the, you know, acknowledging how you're feeling. Yeah, yeah. Giving yourself permission to feel. yeah. And, and catching those thoughts, those unhelpful thoughts that can sound very self-critical or you're just putting you down and just, you know, I like putting a hand over my heart when I catch those thoughts and I'm saying, you know, my gosh, like, I'm really not feeling great right now, you know, that this doesn't feel good right now in my body, like, I'm just feeling that, right, yeah. just feeling that discomfort and then uh-huh. responding in a helpful way, whether that is, you know... I love essential oils. I'm not sure if you are a fan of them. I, I love smells. I love, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lemongrass is my favorite. Lemon. <laughs> I have a room spray here. We both I, have I our... I oh, you've got yours too. I won't say I'm, I'm not promoting a brand. 
But for me, certain smells are really calming. Oh and my I, God, yeah. I love smells. Yeah, yeah. I nice have... smells, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's something about a scent that is so grounding, you know. Um, of course, I have this one. It's called Anchor. Um, and I have geranium. I, I love the smell of geranium. It just just calms my body. It's incredibly mm. soothing. And it just does something for my nervous system in, in those moments of, you know, stress or distress. Sure. Um, and I think it's, it's about finding, people to find things. Because some people hate smells. Yeah. But it's about finding something that um, will help to downregulate yeah, so I suppose finding because everyone's diff, everyone is unique, everybody's different. So it's about finding an activity that one can engage in that helps them to feel um, soothed, and that will be different for different people. So for some people, it might be um, candles. For some people, music. Yeah, um, I love music. Music has really helped me to get through COVID difficult times. I've yeah. never listened to so much music yeah. as I have in the last year and a half. Yeah, yeah. Reading, um, meditation. There are so many different, so many different things people can do to help to kind of downregulate. And it's yeah. about finding something that will suit the individual. Yeah, something that works for you, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm just feeling so soothed just listening to <laughs> you list candles, love them, music, love that, meditation, love that I'm just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just give me some of that, just give me some of that right <laughs> now. now. Yeah. And and I think music, that's a great, um, that's a really great one because there are so many different genres of music. And when you hear a beat or you hear something calming, it really changes your internal climate and, and how you feel in your body and in your mind. So that's a really powerful one. Yeah. Hmm. Absolutely. Sometimes it's um, a more softer type of music that hmm. you're wanting. And other times you're wanting something really upbeat that's going to lift your mood oh, and make yeah. you feel energized yeah exactly so music but but what that type of music is will vary depending on the needs of that person in yeah. that moment yeah well vanessa i'm just looking at our time and i'm sure we can continue on and on <laughs> on this topic we could couldn't we we could because we're so passionate about this area you know, I always like to close my podcast with this one question for my guest speakers, which is, you know, if there's something that you can tell your younger self, whatever that might be, you know, what what would what would you like her to know? Big question, yeah. I know. <laughs> I think, you know, you're okay as you are. You are good enough as you are. Mm. You know, we're talking about body image. You know, you are good enough as you are. Yeah, let's all take that in. You know, you're good enough as you are. Yeah. Ain't that the truth? It is. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, then, Vanessa. Well, thank you so much for coming on once again. And can't wait to connect further and have you back on at some point. 
Yeah. And uh, thank you so much for inviting me. I've really loved our chat today. Thanks so much. Likewise. And where can people find find you on Instagram or find more about what you, what it is that you do? Yes, yeah, so I'm on Instagram um, <laughs> at dr Vanessa Bogle. I'll leave it all there. in the description. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Perfect. Thank you so much, Vanessa. Bye. Okay, bye. Hey everyone, it's Natalie here once again. And I just want to say thank you so much for listening. And if you did enjoy this episode, be sure to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. It will really mean the world to me to hear from you. And your reviews will also help more listeners discover my podcast. All right, you guys, that's all for now. And I'll see you all in the next episode.